Hello, and welcome to Sober, Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. This is a podcast hosted by Wisconsin Voices for Recovery. Wisconsin Voices for Recovery is a peer-run movement that helps unite people in recovery, their families, professionals, and allies. As a diverse coalition of recovery advocates, we serve as a statewide network to link services and support to those in need. My name is Cindy Brzezinski, Director of Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, and joining me today is Brian Bainbridge, CEO of Great Lakes Intertribal Council, Christina Denslinger, Program Director for Great Lakes Intertribal Epimediology Center, and Jake Reamer, Public Health Specialist for Great Lakes Intertribal Epimediology Center. Welcome. We look forward to talking with you today. Um, to start, if each of you could tell me a little bit about yourself, including your professional background and your current role, whoever would like to start. Well, this is uh, Brian Bainbridge, um, the CEO here at Great Lakes Center Tribal Council. Uh, Great Lakes Center Tribal Council hosts uh, the Great Lakes Epidemiology Center as, as one of our programs under here. You know, my background is is a little mixed, I guess. I come from a background of tribal government, former chairman, uh, vice chairman, and currently sit on our tribal council from uh, where I'm from, Red Club, Bat Lake, Superior, Chippewa. And uh, I've probably been in the role here at Great Lakes Inner Tribal Council, otherwise known as Glitzy, uh, for a little over three years now. And, you know, it's the the topic of, of, of recovery is... is a common theme here, especially as of late, uh, with all the several programs that that we operate and um, and being able to you know be able to host our our epicenter, it just adds to it. Very great, thank you. I'm very glad that you're here. It's nice to meet you. Hello, I am Christina Denslinger. I'm one of the program directors here at Great Lakes and our Tribal Epidemiology Center. Um, I started out uh, doing work and in, in getting a degree in psychology, and then that led to, you know, postgraduate work and got um, a PhD in health psychology with a focus on behavioral and community health sciences. Um, through my graduate work, I did an internship with Prairie Lakes Intertribal Council, uh, and then got hired on towards the end of uh, my completion of my degree. I started out working on a SAMHSA grant that was focused more around underage drinking, prescription drug misuse. Uh, and then I transitioned into my current role, um, working uh, more with the CDC grant that we have, focused in part on data quality improvement, but also um, opioid overdose prevention. So I've kind of been working within the substance use behavioral health um, realm since I started here, which was almost five years now. Great, great. It's nice to meet you. I'm glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jake Reamer, uh, and I received my bachelor's science degree in public health and community health education uh, at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Um, I've been at Great Lakes Intertribal Epidemiology Center here for about two years now. Uh, and I currently work as a public health specialist um, under one of our opioid and uh, substance use uh, programs and our drinking water testing in tribal schools program. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, happy to be here and looking forward to this discussion. Great. Thank you. Nice to meet you and happy, happy that you're here and welcome to everybody. Um, 
So if you could tell me, um, whoever would like to to share, just tell me a little bit about Great Lakes Intertribal Council and Great Lakes Intertribal Epimediology Center and what each organization does or focuses on. I can I can start it off. This is Brian again. And uh, you know, I'll go over just a, a brief, quick overview of uh, Great Lakes Intertribal Council in general. Um, like I said, we have, we're a host of, of several different programs from uh, uh, home visiting programs for you know young young children and 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 mothers to you know elder programs. We have uh, vocational rehab program. Uh, we have a NARCH program that uh, is education and and research and in health. Uh, our epicenter and how it's described. In one way, it was described when I first started is was we deal from womb to tomb. Uh, throughout all our different programs, we deal with the 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 babies uh, to the elders and and to the end, and with all our different services uh, here under under Great Lakes. And you know what we provide is is the it's supported by our mission to enhance the quality of life for all Native people. And as we move forward throughout our our programs, you know that's that is key in in our delivery of whatever service we have here and you know to be able to follow that mission is will always make our work true and true to the people people individuals and the and the tribes as a whole and you know I, I think that's important you know and you know as we talk about recovery throughout this program and and really what that that means of um historical uh, issues and, you know, how some people maybe get involved in, in these different things, because, you know, sometimes there's uh, a thought of a way out and being able to use that mission to, to be the core um, of our programming. I think it's important, you know, and it's, and it's, it's dealing with the, the person and, and as in the true sense, you know, it's not just, just a program. We're not just under a grant. You know, it is to deliver uh, certain services uh, to enhance the quality of life of, of of someone. In brief, I guess. Yeah, that's great. That that sounds like an important and meaningful mission. Yeah, and that's why I said it's it holds. If we follow that, it it then holds true to our programming, holds true to to our values, mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's. You know, when we measure success, you know, instead of uh, a lot of times it's just it's looking at numbers, uh, but we also need to look at, you know, the impacts and the value that we can bring to not only all the tribes as a whole, but as individuals, you know, to, to see what value we can do. And 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 if someone can determine that through for themselves of what that success is through our program, you know, we're doing a good job and we're following that mission. Mm-hmm. And does that also cover the Great Lakes Intertribal Epimediology Center and the focus of that organization as well? Or was that more of like an overview of the council? Or That was this uh, uh, brief overview of, of, of the Great Lakes Intertribal Council. Um, I know uh, Drake and Christina can, 
can get more in depth on on the important work that happens specifically out of our epicenter um, and you know highlight some of those things I think that's that's important as well great great yeah hey this is Jake here definitely happy to talk about Great Lakes Center Tribal Epidemiology Center a little bit um like Brian said we're we're actually a department within Glitzy and uh um, I guess I'll start off by saying we refer to Great Lakes Intertribal Council as GLITSI often as the acronym, and then uh, Great Lakes Intertribal Epidemiology Center, we refer to as GLITEC. So if you hear me saying GLITSI and GLITEC during this, uh, that's kind of what I'm referring to. Um, but yeah, like Brian said, uh, GLITEC is the department of GLITSI, um, but it's also one of the 12 tribal epidemiology centers in the United States. Um I guess a little bit of background about tribal epidemiology centers is uh, they're there to improve the health of American Indian and Alaskan Native people um, by identifying and understanding health problems and disease risks, uh, along with uh, identifying, uh, strengthening public health capacity and developing solutions for disease prevention and control. Um, so therefore, GLITTEC uh, offers services that tribal communities um, to support in their efforts to improve health by assisting with data needs through partnership, development, community-based research, education, and technical assistance. Uh, here at GLITTEC, we also have seven active programs with focus areas ranging from increasing vaccination coverage and improving opioid surveillance. Uh, so we got a wide variety of things that we kind of touch on. Um, but a lot of our work is based on technical assistance. So we encourage tribal communities to reach out to us if they're looking for help on a project or a program, um, as we're happy to assist in any way we can. Um, and kind of our motto is if it's something that we don't necessarily work on, uh, we still ensure that we connect them to the to someone who does. Awesome. Awesome. And if you could tell me a little bit about, like, geographically speaking, what area does each organization cover and how are these two organizations related? Of course. Um, so yeah, that's where we differ slightly. Um, Glitzy serves as kind of the parent organization to Glitech, as we kind of stated previously. Um, but each organization has a slightly different uh, service area. So Glitzy has a service area that includes the 11 federally recognized tribes in Wisconsin, uh, along with the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And Glitech serves the 34 federally recognized tribes in Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin along with four urban programs located in Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, and along with three service units of the IHS within this region. Uh, and our region um, is referred to as the Bemidji, Bemidji area region, uh, but it's also known as the Great Lakes region. Okay, and how long have your organizations existed? So Glitzy was originally founded in 1963, uh, but was incorporated in 1965. And Glitech was formed in 1996. Uh, so if I can do the math there, that's about 60 years for Glitzy and 27 years for Glitech. Wow. So they've been around for, for a while. Quite a few years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how did your organization start? You know, was there creation due to a need that needed addressing? Tell us a little bit about the history. Well, well, starting with the, in, uh, in 1963, you know, of course, you know, decisions weren't uh, always favorable to Indigenous people of, of this country. And 
the the reason for the formulation it was actually called the the chairman's council previous to being called the great lakes intertribal council and it was formulated because of uh threats of termination of sovereign nations here in wisconsin um Menominee uh, Nation being one of them. And, you know, it was formed to to have that collective voice uh, so that, you know, there was an opportunity to to gather and, and, and being able to to be able to share and, and, as I said, have that collective voice when it comes to dealing with the, the states, the federal government, local municipalities and and to really uh, uh combat this this thought of of termination of of sovereign nations very important and you know of, of course then you know we evolved um you know after 60 years I might as well say um you know it's we still share that that thought of of maintaining that collective voice uh, and, and moving forward and, and developing these uh, these service programs uh, and the thought behind that is, you know, then how do we then provide for uh, or give assistance to the tribes now um, as they have their their stronger governments and 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 developed further than you know what some may have been uh, in the early sixties. So I'm hearing that that support, that voice, and that service. How about uh, Glitech? So where Glitech kind of comes into play there is uh, they're originally formed uh, as a tri tribal epidemiology center. Um, once Congress authorized in 1996 um, that to establish these tech centers, um, and the purpose of that was to provide enhanced public health support to multiple tribes and urban Indian communities in each of the 12 IHS areas. Um, that's kind of where uh, Glitech here kind of comes into, into play. Um, we serve as the Tribal Epidemiology Center here in the Bemidji area. And like I stated before, also known as the Great Lakes region. Awesome, awesome. And so what, what types of initiatives or projects um, is each organization working on currently? I think I'd like Christina uh, kind of talk on that. Then I'll follow it up with... Uh... Uh, an initiative that we're we're moving forward on on now, but I'll, I'll wait till Christina uh, has her opportunity. Absolutely, thank you, Brian. Uh, and I will say, um, from the standpoint of the Great Lakes Inter Tribal Epidemiology Center, we are working on a number of different things. So I'll just try to touch on some of the the main projects and initiatives we've got uh, going. So. One area that we've been working towards is uh, supporting the availability and distribution of uh, Narcan nasal spray. So we, at the moment, are one of the Wisconsin Narcan direct program agencies. So we are able to support Wisconsin tribes in accessing Narcan. But since we, as Jake mentioned earlier, we also serve uh, the entire Bemidji or Great Lakes area, 
we've been working on formalizing our own relationship with Narcan Direct to be able to provide Narcan to uh, all tribes and urban Indian communities across our service area. Um, a bit hand in hand with that, we have been working to create overdose response kits or, or naloxone kits and providing them to tribes and urban Indian organizations across our service area. Um, so typically our kits include two doses of Narcan. Uh, we have CPR instruction cards and a barrier mask for rescue breathing. Um, if the person is trained and feels comfortable in doing so, we want to make sure that those items are available. Um, gloves, we've been including fentanyl test strips and then wallet card instructions on how to administer both naloxone and how to use the fentanyl test strips. Um, so we've been having those, give, making sure those are available to provide to communities and then they can distribute them out to um, in whatever manner they deem that would fit or be best for their own communities. Um, we, as I kind of alluded to earlier, we also are providing fentanyl test strips to communities. Um, we kind of have an uh, online ordering system set up through Qualtrics where communities can request fentanyl test strips. We'll order them and have them um, shipped to them and they are able to distribute those how they um, will work best for their own community. We also include the wallet cards with those to make sure um, that they have kind of a quick, easy, easy guide to know how to use those. Um, similarly with those naloxone and our candy administration cards, we want something kind of quick and easy for them to look at um, without having to kind of open a, a whole kind of product insert, so to speak. Um, we are also, we also provide those at like community health fairs and other um, outreach events that we might attend. And then with the increase of xylazine um, being found in, in a numerous different substances, we're also in the planning stages of having xylazine test strips available now that they are um, have been kind of developed. However, currently they are not legal in all of the states that we serve. So we're still kind of working out the details of what that will look like. Um, I know there had been talk that there was legislation maybe going through around this time for Minnesota. So we'll, as, as we kind of learn more about that, that'll kind of help inform what we would like to get going there. You have a lot of important uh, resources. Absolutely. Um, and we are working on our best to kind of hear from communities, uh, make sure we know what would be most useful and, and what would be beneficial for their um, own efforts and work within their communities and see how we can best support that. And you had mentioned that people can order the fentanyl test strips. Um, how do they get access to Narcan and the overdose response kits? Is that also through ordering? We don't have an ordering system set up at the moment. What we have been doing is sending out um, a number to each tribe and urban Indian organization um, at a time. And then, of course, they're always welcome to reach out to us and, and ask and say, hey, we could use some more of these or do you have any kits available and we can send them out. But um, because previously we were putting together kits, but a lot of our funding did not allow for the purchase of Narcan. Um, so now we've kind of got 
um, some funding available to purchase that through. So now that we have a more consistent access to Narcan, um, we can probably look at setting up ordering system for that now as well. That's great. And then another thing we've kind of got going is we've been doing annual conferences, which we call the Journeying Towards Wellness Opioid Conference. Uh, and so this kind of developed coming out of COVID. We had had with the grant that I'm currently managing some previous conversations, um, regional conversations around opioids and substance use and we're working towards the steps of putting together a plan of sorts on some ways that this could be addressed. Um, of course, then COVID hit and um, things were shifted a bit as a COVID response was focused on um, naturally. And so once we hit around 2021 and things were kind of easing up a, a little bit um, as we kind of adjusted we felt like the landscape might have shifted a bit and some of those initial conversations that had been a few years that had passed was some of that still relevant in lieu of what um, information and what we were learning as you know we went through COVID and coming out of that, uh, could, was that information still gonna be as beneficial or relevant at that time? But we'd also had feedback from those previous meetings that people were looking for the opportunity to to take action and to share ideas and, and for things to kind of come out of that. So we shifted gears a bit and decided we were going to host rather than just a, a meeting, more of a conference um, for those working any kind of within the realm of prevention, substance use, mental health, behavioral health, um, because a lot of times these, these concerns will overlap. So we wanted to be as inclusive as possible there. Um, we held our first conference in April of 2022. That was in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, and it was also our first major event since COVID. So it was just exciting to kind of gather together again and be able to connect with people. Um, and we received some great feedback from that conference. So we held our second one in June of this year um, in Green Bay. We were able to increase the number of sessions and, and presenters we had, as well as had more pre-conference trainings. Um, and we did have a greater attendance as well. And um, people really enjoyed the opportunity to connect with each other, learn from each other. Um, we were already getting questions about where is next year is gonna be. So uh, we'll, we'll be starting to plan for next year's conference. Uh, within the next few months. So that's been something really great that we've gotten the opportunity to do. That's exciting. Yes, it was It was uh, unexpected, uh, but really it was amazing to be able to work with uh, all these amazing people and, and work with amazing presenters uh, like yourself and be able to uh, really help provide sessions and an opportunity for everyone to gather together and get to to learn and share ideas and and see um how we can create change that's great that's great and then i'll say lastly for one of our other big projects before i hand it off to brian well is that with a good portion of the overdose prevention 
funding under the grant that I manage, we really worked hard to develop um, sub-award funding to be able to provide funding out to our communities. Um, and we call this funding the Saving Lives Project. Um, and so with that, we offer funding to tribes and urban Indian communities to do short-term projects, generally around nine or 12 months, depending on kind of when we get those contracts in place. Um, and for projects that are focused on opioid prevention um, or polysubstance use as well. And then we um, recommend that there be a data quality improvement component component um, embedded somewhere in that as well. Um, so we offer this funding on a yearly basis and we have it be non-competitive so that anyone that applies uh, will be able to receive funding, um, which does determine how much funding will be available in a given year. But we've been able to provide a, um, as we've moved up into subsequent years be able to provide a bit more additional funds for communities. Um, and so our communities have gauged in a variety of amazing projects. Um, I won't get into all of them or we could be here all evening, um, but overall in general, some have been around creating pathways for more comprehensive care, um, establishing peer support or peer recovery programs. Um, a number of communities this year have also worked to provide naloxone or Narcan trainings um, and increase their own availability of that as well. There's been a number of Narcan vending machines that have been um, installed within communities this year as well. Um, so that's kind of, I think, where I spend the, the bulk of my time is uh, working with our communities there, providing kind of just general oversight and, and support as they um, and help facilitate or assist in any way I can for all the amazing kind of work that's being done there. That's great. For those that might be interested in that funding, when are applications typically open? Absolutely. Um, so usually we try to open applications around September, maybe October. Um, we're kind of trying to look at what our funding might be like for this upcoming fiscal year. So the dates on that might need to change a bit, but um, that's generally our general timeline. Great, great. So it sounds like it's coming up in the next couple months. Absolutely. Well, the silence sounds like it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as, as you can, as you just heard, you know, just uh, in brief, even though, you know, you wouldn't think it was a, a brief uh, overview of, of really what what's being done and and stuff is, you know, the, the important work that, you know, comes out of, uh, you know, this is just one of our 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 programs, departments here at, at Great Lakes Center Tribal Council, who is, you know, focusing on the on the the care, recovery and, and prevention aspects of for our people. Um, but one of the other projects that I uh, wanted to mention that is going on right now is the development of a, a 36 bed um, adolescent recovery and wellness center uh, that we are we will be building uh, here not too far away from our central office in, in Lac de Flambeau, uh, just south down 51 in the town of Cashin. Uh, 
guess if you look it up, it's it kind of in, in the Tomahawk area. Uh, but this project has, has actually been over 20 years uh, in the making, you know, and the thought of uh, from the leadership of needing uh, a facility. Of course, 20 years ago, uh, some of the things were a little different. Uh, the opioids weren't as prevalent uh, along around this area. Um, but, you know, the, uh, there was still substance, substance use and abuse and uh, mental health uh, that, you know, issues that weren't getting addressed. And there was still not very many facilities uh, uh, even around the state. You know, there's more need than there are facilities. So, as I said, you know, it's, it's important, it's, it's exciting. Um, and it's not only for tribal youth, but it'll be open to uh, non-tribal youth as well. You know, as we try to, to meet uh, the part of the need surrounding, you know, mental health and, and substance use disorders. And, and one of the things that, that, you know, it's, we ended up, actually, it's, it's the first initiative like this uh, amongst our, our sovereign nations here, uh, where they all pooled in and, and purchased an off-reservation off uh, property, which has now grown to just shy of 300 acres um, where this facility will be. And the importance of, of having a, a the land base was, is key to it because it's part of the the recovery and wellness process that will be uh, initiated in, throughout this facility because it has to deal with culture, has to deal with nature and the true focus of the person. You know, not, as you notice, I, I didn't say there was a, the language of treatment um, within the title of the facility, because that was one of the first things that, as we talked about, because it used to be called adolescent uh, treatment facility. And, you know, we won't want to further stigmatize someone as they're pulling in uh, into the facility and, and think that, hey, you know, I'm really here uh, to hopefully, you know, establish some kind of uh, centering or our wellness, our, our recovery to wellness, and and using the culture uh, as prevention is a big part of the a big part of that. So, you know, as we're moving forward and and hopefully uh, before snow flies to yet you know break ground, uh, we just had a uh, a ground blessing ceremony, uh, and the reason why we did that first is is to to stay true to this effort. And, you know, as we look to, to nature to help heal that, you know, we paid that respect and, and did that ceremony there over on the property with almost 200 people uh, there in that day in July. So, you know, this along with uh, all these other uh, initiatives, you know, being able to, to finally uh, have something that's been talked about for over 20 years, you know, start coming to reality. That's wonderful. I'm sitting here thinking about how, how amazing that is, how wonderful, how, like how meaningful 
um, this project is. And that's, you know, like I said, that that holds the importance of the, the meaning. Yeah. Um, and what that is. And, and uh, you know, as you, you mentioned before, you have the, the background in, in uh, mental health and, and substance use in your education. And in trying to help people, you know, navigate their their path, you know, back through this uh, and doing it in a way to where it's meaningful and it makes a difference, you know. And you're not looking at the person as as whatever substance they're on, or or just as you've got a mental or behavior health issue, but but looking at them as as the true person as they are, mm-hmm. and you know, getting uh, away from that uh, that that very big uh, disparity within within Indian country. Um, and this is, you know, told to me several times from a uh, respected elder that I that I consult with. This uh, is chronic hopelessness, mm-hmm. and and what that how that plays a role uh, in all these other health disparities, including uh, uh, substance use disorders. You know, and we talk about historic trauma and, and blood memory and gene memory and, and how that all works. And, you know, sometimes it's it's just the, the only way someone knows uh, how to cope with something because mm-hmm. of that that sense of chronic hopelessness, because they think there's there's no way out or there's no path or uh, even sometimes uh, no beginning mm-hmm. uh, where they've been, you know, feel lost, you know, right from the their earliest memory and on how do we work through that and work with the families and, and in the communities and, you know, as, as they return and, and hopefully start, you know, feeling uh, whole Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that's what we hope to base our, our success off of, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be some, uh, the standard ways, not, not talking bad about any other facility, but I think doing things a little different uh, these days is, is uh, very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it, it sounds like a really good approach. It, it sounds, it sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds amazing just hearing you, hearing you talk about it. It sounds amazing. And I like how you also talked about um, recovery and wellness center versus treatment. And it just kind of speaks to the power of language in shaping and shaping perception and providing support, the power of language in, you know, support. And, and uh, you know, that's, and we stick with the, the theme as, as uh, Christina mentioned of, of the conference of the journey towards wellness. Mm-hmm. And you know that's in our pamphlet that we created to to kind of highlight what what we're going to be doing within this facility. That's the first thing uh, you see on the on the cover: a journey towards wellness, adolescent recovery and wellness center. Nothing that 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 says uh, the glaring word of treatment, mm-hmm. you know, and and what that what that can do, you know, just by that site, and then you know that can be counterintuitive to the process, you know, cause mm-hmm. it maybe 
maybe lends fear or, or shame or something within somebody by seeing that. So, like I said, the power of language is, was important even when we're developing this and, and thinking of those things of, uh, through that process. And, you know, I got to uh, admit, you know, it's, it hasn't come with, without controversy because of lack of understanding within uh, the township even that uh, we're, we will be building it in. Um, just because, you know, you, you have that theory of not my backyard type of thing and not truly understanding what, what, uh, what it's all about and, you know, what's going to be happening and, and, you know, just the stigma that's attached to, uh, someone that might have a problem, you know, that's, that's stumbled and may need some assistance, uh, getting back up. So, you know, and it's just, you know, navigating through that process, you know, is, is also part of it too, educating people so that, you know, it's people that go through can actually feel good instead of still being labeled uh, as a, a criminal when they're not, or, you know, a bad person when they're not. And, you know, thinking about all this stuff, you know, it's a lot, but uh, it's important that, that it's all put into, put into place. And we have these discussions and, and make sure uh, people know what's what's going on. And, and uh, we just move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A place of like healing, growth and wellness. Yep. Yeah. Very important. It sounds like everyone here is doing some really important and meaningful work. Um, what draws each of you to this type of work and how is it personally meaningful to you? Well, seeing though my mic is still on, I'll start. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I joke sometimes and say, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. A- anytime you're in doing something that's in public service or whatever, you know, you always, it's not always, um, you don't always get the the most favorable reaction. But, you know, you got to look past that. And, you know, where I get my drive from is it's kind of, putting it simple and uh, especially here and using our, our mission statement to enhance the quality of life for all native people. You know, that's, that's important to me because, you know, I think of my family, my grandparents, um, all my relatives, my friends and, and, you know, all the communities and, and what we can do. And when I talk about, you know, seeing someone define their own success, no matter what it is, because that's up to the individual to say success actually also means, you know, if you think about it, being happy sometimes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if you're happy, you, you feel maybe that you're a little more successful. And, you know, when I have individuals or, or groups or, or whatever it may be uh, that we do this meaningful work and it impacts them in a, the most positive way, uh, that's what gives me, gives me my drive. That's what makes me want to come to work in the morning. That's what makes, makes me want to keep doing and, and doing whatever I can to make sure uh, people feel good. People feel successful and people are happy. You know, it's, and if we can even do that with, with one person, I mean, that that's just like doing it for a million uh, for me. And that's, that's really what keeps me going. 
-hmm. That's great. Hey, Jake here. Um, for me, I would have to say, uh, ever since I was little, I always wanted to do something that involved helping people. Um, didn't know exactly what that was. Uh, as I was navigating college, um, kind of started uh, gravitating towards uh, healthcare. Um, I was really interested in health. Um, I found it super interesting. I thought it was a great opportunity uh, to help people. Um, as I kind of got further along, um, I found myself a lot more interested in like the preventive, like preventative side of things. So I was really interested in prevention, um, keeping yourself healthy, um, doing the things that you you can do ahead of time before, you know, treatment or, um, you know, more healthcare intervention was needed. Um, and then that kind of, I, I was unaware of public health, honestly, for quite a long time. And um, I was talking to my counselor there at school, trying to decide on my next major as I was bouncing around quite a bit. And uh, she brought up public health and I was like, ah, you know, I've heard of it. I'm not super familiar and kind of dove into it a lot more. And I'm like, uh, yeah, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, just really liked the um, prevention side of things and um, found that you could help a lot more people um, like Brian was kind of stating, you know, maybe it's not um, always perceived or taken uh, correctly, but uh, that didn't really, really matter to me. Um, it just seemed like a great opportunity to help a lot of people. Uh, and something that I was really interested in. And uh, I was really fortunate to um, stumble across uh, Great Lakes Center Tribal Council and uh, all the amazing work that they do. Um, like Brian said, you know, the mission statement is enhancing the quality of life for all Native people. And um, I was really drawn to that. I, I thought that was amazing. And um, long story short, I'm, I'm really happy to be proud of such a great organization doing something that's uh, greater than us. So um, yeah, that's kind of my story. Awesome, awesome. Okay, Christina here. I will kind of round us out. Uh, and I'm going to echo some elements that both Brian and Jake um, stated. So for me, likewise, I was always interested in kind of helping people and working with people. Initially, I had my heart set on being a clinical psychologist and then realized that I was going to get way too personally invested in everyone and would probably not last very long. Um, but I was also more interested in the side of like health promotion, health prevention. I really wanted to work and help maybe get to develop programming and initiatives that would prevent different health topics. Um, and so from there, health psychology felt like a good fit for me. So I, I kind of switched to going towards that track instead. And then it was being able to do a substance use prevention internship. Uh, and I got placed at uh, Glitzy. And that's where I felt like it kind of all ended up clicking for me. Um, our our mission statement, I, I really love and and feel very passionate about and, and committed to, um, just like all of my fellow employees. But I really believe in all of the amazing work that Glitzy is doing. And for me, it's just getting to work with um, our tribal communities. I get to learn so much from from them, from uh, my fellow coworkers. I feel like every day I get to learn something new. Uh, and the fact that I get to help support and serve serve them and get to facilitate all of the amazing work that they are doing and help uh, find ways to make sure that all of the 
innovative and amazing work they want to do can come to fruition um, is, is really meaningful for me. That's great. That's great. So for both organizations, Glitzy and Glitech, what's next? And where is additional help needed in the recovery community? What's next? Um, the The possibilities are endless. No, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think we just we keep moving forward and and adapt to the the needs of our the ones that we serve. You know, we're also here doing a comprehensive uh, strategic uh, plan that that's really going to help give the organization our our roadmap. You know, and like I said, it's, you know, it'll establish and identify the, the different needs. So it, we have that uh, further focus um, and getting that directly from the tribes and the memberships uh, themselves is uh, a big key piece to that. Because, uh, you know, the as you hear Jake and Christina talk, you know, uh, if it wasn't for them, uh, within this, their department, within this organization, you know, a lot of this good stuff would not happen. <laughs> uh, you know, both of them are pretty modest when it, when it comes to that and, 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 you know, don't reflect on themselves on, on the work they do. But, you know, I think it's important um, that they, they also get recognized, you know, along with the other people here, when we talk about delivering the service, we need people like, like them, uh, to enhance the organization and to bring us forward to to be able to deliver these services in a way uh, that it's you know appropriate uh, to the ones that we serve and you know it's as we develop this uh, wellness and recovery center you know that's that's just you know one small part you know and and we. We just we just keep on thinking and, and moving things forward. So you know when I say you know possibilities are endless, I, I kind of joked about it a little bit, but you know it is true. You know it's it's whatever need comes uh, forward from from the tribes and the people that we serve. You know that's what we adapt to, and you know when we adapt, we try to make sure uh, we do the best we can uh, in the best way possible. That's great. So like community effort and a team effort. hundred mm percent. -hmm. All right. And how about what advice um, does anyone have on the, on the call here who are in recovery or maybe seeking in recovery, any advice for those folks? Well, I think uh, like I mentioned uh, earlier, when I'm talking about the, the disparities of the hopelessness, you know, just having an understanding that, you know, there is hope uh, and to have hope that, you know, I, not everybody looks at, at them as as their drug or or their issue. And, you know, there there are opportunities. Um, and, you know, fortunately, we're we're trying to to bring them opportunities forward. And even throughout all our tribal communities, you know, we have our uh, mental and behavioral health teams uh, th that you know do their their very best. And of course, it's it's 
it's tough work. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, and, and sometimes it's, it's emotional and we just have to make sure that, uh, the individuals that are seeking help, you know, know that there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and, and part of it is too, is, you know, being prepared to, to actually want to, uh, see that light or, or have that opportunity and not being judged. You know, that's, I know a lot of people that, that struggle and, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to see, but, you know, I also still treat them like people. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's important. That's one thing, the reality that I've seen that, you know, shunning and, and turning people off or turning them away, you know, sometimes you have to have that tough love, but being able to explain it in a in a way that says you know you you're just not forgot about um it's just you know sometimes you you have to put it straight and it doesn't sound very nice sometimes yeah important words and you know that hope that light of the tunnel yeah i mean that that can you know help somebody see that you know there there's a way you know there's there's a way to you know, find healing, growth, wellness. But unfortunately, a, a lot of these chemicals, you know, uh, really get a strong grasp on people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and unfortunately, we've had to uh, do other things to to send people in a, in a different place because, um they succumb to the the dangers of of abusing certain things mm-hmm. and, you know then then we have to make sure we work with the families to that we don't create any more uh, hardship or or trauma yeah yeah well, I want to thank everyone for your time and where can people find you what is your website we have a, a simple one, www.glitc.org. That'll bring it to our our homepage, and it and it has a a list of all our all our programs, um, including our our epicenter. Um, and that's where you'll be able to find informa- information. Well, thank you again. It was a pleasure talking with you all today. Um, and again, you can find Great Lakes Intertribal Council's website at www glitc.org and Great Lakes Intertribal Epimediology Center can be found under the programs tab. And thank you to our listeners. I hope everyone has a nice day. Thanks for having us.